everybody. It's Allison Kaskowski. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I hope that wherever you are on this Tuesday morning, you're doing something fun and positive for yourself. So today, I'm really excited about my guest today. Um, I have really enjoyed over the last several months uh, bringing different guests into the space for the sole purpose of giving you helpful information, uh, tools and tips on how you can better manage your fitness and self-care and really just to help look after yourself, especially right now with, the, with COVID sort of being this permanent uninvited guest, if you will, um, in our lives. And even though I think for a lot of us with it being August and, you know, that's sort of the end of the summer, even if you don't feel like you really had a summer. And, you know, as we head into the fall, I think right now is a really perfect time to kind of reframe not just how we're looking at doing us, but really how we can do simple things every day to make sure that what we do actually serves us. Um, and so my guest today is actually a mentor of mine. Um, uh, she is actually one of my coaches in my mastermind program. She is a master coach and trainer in mindset mastery. I am thrilled today to have Liz Nicholas as my guest. Liz, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, this is so fun. I am so excited to be here and just have a chat about all things mindset. Super excited. I am so glad that you're here because, you know, what you have been able to add to my training in general has just been invaluable this year. And I just feel, I sort of hear your voice in my head sometimes when I'm talking to clients and when I'm doing posts and everything about just using some of the tools that you've been able to teach me. So I want to make sure that, that I've be able that I share you and your knowledge with with my audience. So I'm just I'm glad you were able to make time today to so that we could do this. Yeah, I love it. And I think there's such I agree with everything you said in your opening. I think this is such an incredibly important time. And I actually think it's a great opportunity for all of us to take a look at what has not been working in our lives and to make some really intentional decisions about who we want to be and how we want to move forward in the world now and going forward with whatever the world looks like going forward. But I think it's a chance to, you know, take that pause and really say, what have I just been doing in my life? What have I been thinking and feeling and doing in my life just automatically on default without thinking for geez, maybe years, maybe decades. Like, what do I just do because I've always done it? And that's such an important question to ask and then to answer it and decide, is that what I want to continue to think, feel, and behave moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. I just think that, you know, we're such creatures of habit. We get really good at what we do often. That's something that I say a lot in my messaging because, you know, we do what seems normal to us because it's routine. We almost don't even second guess it. Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. We don't second guess it at all. And we're, we're completely crap creatures of habit, but not just in the things that we do. We're creatures of habit in the ways that we think, which is, yeah. I think something people don't even consider and realize. We know that we have these physical habits, you know, where we just always, you know, work out the same way and we get up around the same time and, um, you know, we do everything with our right hand and, you know, all those things, of course. But what about the thoughts that you just recycle every day and that you think over and over and over again for no better reason than you always have? And they've come to feel like they're true 
but they're not. And you don't realize they're not, of course, but those thoughts are directing your life and the results that you're getting in your life. And so it is time that we take a look at habits of thought as well as habits of action. Yeah, perfectly said. I love that. Um, you know, I've, I've really come to, you know, I've always sort of been intentional with what I do, but as I've shared with you on many occasions, I've, I sometimes I, I get in such a, a routine and a habit that I just go and do something. And then I stop and think later, why is, why is this not working? Why are, why am I running into this roadblock? Why do I feel like I'm, this isn't working? And I think it's, it's exactly like what you said. It's, we have to always give ourselves permission to know that we have choices. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, in some ways we're wired not to ever question. And, you know, I like to always kind of explain the very basics of the way the brain works, because I think when we understand it, there's a better chance that we'll question it. And and certainly when we don't even understand it, it just seems like this is who I am. This is what I do. This is the way I've always done it. And so it must be a fixed reality about me, about my results and about who I can continue to be. But the thing is that 90 to 95% of our thoughts come from one particular part of our brain that is actually kind of outdated. It's, it's our older part of our brain. It's the lower brain. And there are a couple sections to it, but I'm just generalizing when I say lower brain and that part of the brain was wired for survival. And I'm talking about like prehistoric survival and it's still running the great majority of the show. Now we do have that human part of our brain, that prefrontal cortex, that higher brain, if you will, that does all of that more sophisticated analysis and thinking and turning ideas over and understanding before and after. But that's a small part of our brain that we have to consciously engage. And if we're not careful, and most of us are not, then that lower brain that's sort of reptilian, if you will, is running the show. And here's what it's wired to do. It's wired, first of all, to avoid pain. It's wired, secondly, to seek pleasure. And then the third thing it's wired for is to conserve energy. And when you look at those three things, they really make perfect sense in terms of the survival of the fittest. It it makes absolute sense that if you ran around doing painful things, you'd get eaten, right? By a a predator, by a mountain lion. If you sought pleasurable things, food, warmth, um, the companionship of the other people, right? Herd mentality, um, sex, all of these things are going to keep the human race flourishing and moving forward and expanding. And then finally, the conserving energy. Well, if you don't know where your next meal is coming from, and it might be a week away, you don't want to be running around and expending a lot of energy. So those three things make perfect sense back then. And our ancestors, literally our DNA comes from the people that were following all of that messaging, all that brain messaging, because the people that were like, no, forget it. I'm going out. I'm going to just do something crazy here in caveman times. Like they got eaten. They didn't survive. So yeah. the courageous, the brave, the, the non-followers, we don't have their DNA. We have the compliant ones as our um, predecessors. Now, 
you fast forward to the world we live in now, and most of us are not in mortal danger. Like most of us will never be in real, real mortal danger. Right. And yet we're still wired for those three things I mentioned. But those three things are keeping us from all of the things that we want to do with our lives. They're keeping us from thinking lots of new thoughts and creating lots of new ideas because that takes a lot of brain activity. Yeah. And that would expend a tremendous amount of energy. They often keep us from um, going out and doing the things that we want to do, getting healthier, improving your relationships, making more money, because those things aren't often very pleasurable right up front. They are in the long term, but they're not necessarily pleasurable up front. They take quite a bit of effort and, and having to kind of stick to it. And then, of course, there's a certain amount of discomfort when you go to change your life in any way when you try and change the habit. So we are wired not to change. We are wired to continue to get up, remember who we are every day, and do more of the same thinking, feeling, and behaving, which ultimately means our life turns into somewhat of a Groundhog's Day experience. We just don't see things change day to day, year to year, um, decade to decade. But it's because we don't understand, most of us don't understand this wiring and how we actually need to go about overriding it on a daily basis, consciously overriding it so that we can know what to do with our own brains and we can actually rewire the way we think so that we get different results in our life. No, that's so, I love the way you say that because, you know, it's so often that, and, and, Honestly, right now, there's with everything that's happening in the world, I think we have every reason to quote unquote opt out, if you will. Yeah. And, you know, we can find ourselves literally in a, in almost like this, like this cassette tape that just rewinds. I know I'm dating myself when I say cassette tapes. (laughs) I mean, it's like you can't even find them anymore in the stores, but I have a box of them in my. I do too. I have them too. But I mean, it's almost, that's almost like the way that we operate to some degree now, because it's almost like we play the tape and then we just hit rewind and we play the tape again and we hit rewind, right? Oh, well, that's a perfect analogy. Um, And I think, look, the news gets worse before it gets better. So let me just put this out there, that when, when we are in stressful times, when we're dealing with the world that we're dealing with, it heightens all of our response to this wiring. So the parts of our brain, the amygdala, the hippocampus, all of that stress part of the lower brain that has that sort of alert system that's like danger, 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 like get back in the cave, what are you doing? That's all been tripped up by everything that's been going on in the world in the last however long it's been. It feels like seven years, but I know it's- I know it, it feels like it's been forever already. Oh my gosh. And. And look, there's still so much tumultuousness going on in the world. I I mean, are schools going to open? Are are we going to be homeschooling our kids? Are are the kids going back to college? They are one week. The next week, the college says no. Um, Are people going to go back to work? Can we go in the cities? Are the restaurants open? It's changing constantly, which, of course, that lower brain is reading as danger. Right. And so we've got our lower brains screaming at us all of the time. And our response as, as it you know, would naturally be to that is literally to retreat, to get back in the cave, to shut down and to just get, like you said, get on that cassette track and don't step out of it. 
Same old, same old, same old, because that alarm system is telling us there's danger and danger means you're doing something new or dangerous and you've got to just shut the whole thing down. So that's why more than ever, it feels like we want to retreat and stay in the same place. And if possible, make ourselves smaller, like literally try and tuck ourselves into some type of cocoon of familiarity in unfamiliar times. Yeah. And I I just think, I think just by default, if anything else, that's almost like it's just a normal setting with us. Yes. Want to, you know, we want to tell ourselves that things are too complicated and that's probably a result of what you just said. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. But the good news, because I don't want to be all about the bad news. The good news is that, you know, really the first step is understanding this. And as you know, I do not practice, I do not teach that the goal of mindset work is to just feel happy all the time. I know. And I love that about what you say, because I just, you know, we're conditioned and told that you know, just think positive, put on a happy face. It's all going to be okay. Focus on something positive instead. You know, I mean, really? Yeah. hundred percent. We're told that. And I think it's terrible advice. And I think it's terrible advice for a couple of reasons. The first is, well, it just doesn't work. So that'd be the first reason is terrible advice. And (laughs) we've got an awful lot of people in this country that are using substances or activities to actually deal with negative emotion that they haven't been trained to deal with. So whether you're overeating or you're over shopping or you're over drinking or overspending, gambling, you know, fill in the blank, but we've got a country of people that don't know how to deal with their emotions. And some of that comes from that lousy advice that you just have to always figure out a way to be happy. Yeah. And I think a better way to look at our minds is to understand that a good percentage of the time we are going to feel unhappy. We're going to feel stress. We're going to feel uncertainty. We're going to feel self-doubt. We're going to feel worry, frustration, all of those sort of lower emotions. And if we expect that that's normal, that's part of the human experience, and we understand how to process those emotions And that's actually a skill I teach, how to actually sit with an emotion and let let go of you rather than Mm -hmm. us trying to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Then we take all of our personal power back and we start to go up to that upper part of the brain that I mentioned before, that prefrontal cortex, and we can make a conscious decision. Hey, I think I might want to feel a little bit less anxiety. Seems like that might serve me right now. So I'm not going to beat myself up for feeling it. I'm not going to think it's weird or I'm broken or there's something wrong with me or that it's fixed and I can't get out of it. On the contrary, I really understand where it comes from and I'm not upset with myself at all. But I do think that I want to work on this and feel a little bit better. And so I'm going to do that by using my conscious brain to look at subconsciously what I'm allowing myself to believe. And that's going to be what I'm believing, what I'm thinking is leading to those feelings of anxiety that's leading to however I'm behaving within the anxiety. And then from that conscious place of not beating ourselves up from under, for understanding what it is and for looking for some of those thoughts that might've led to the anxiety, that's the place where we can begin to rewire our brain to choose intentionally and deliberately how we're going to think on purpose. And I want to add one other thing because I've been doing a lot of work with people on anxiety. And so I want to 
share, but I've had quite a few people in the last um, ever so long since March say to me, I can't find my thoughts. And I think this is an important distinction because some of these people feel like they're left out of the work. They're like, well, if I don't know what I'm thinking that's causing the anxiety, then I have no ability to, to diminish it or at least just lessen it a teeny bit. And I think the news is good here too. And that is that sometimes when people just experience generalized anxiety, they literally, what it feels like for them is that they get up and they're just anxious. They, they have no awareness of um, what they're thinking. And it may be that they have a neural pathway that's so ingrained that they really don't have to think something to feel anxiety. They literally just have to come back into a conscious state and those neural pathways will fire and automatically produce anxiety like there was an alarm going off even when there no longer is. That yeah. that thought, that alarm isn't really there, but the body is still responding to the neural pathway. Right. And so what I like to say to people like that, and there are a lot of people out there like that, what I like to say is, as long as you can identify the feeling, even if you can't find the thought that you believe is causing it or the thoughts that you believe are causing it, being aware of the anxiety, understanding there's nothing wrong with you, your brain isn't broken in some way, and learning to expect it to be there, learning to accept that it's there. And I know that sounds like almost counterintuitive, but it's in the allowing it to be there and saying, you know what? Anxiety is an emotion in my body and it's not going to kill me. God knows it's uncomfortable and I wish it weren't here, but it's not going to kill me. And I should really be moving forward and doing the things that are giving me anxiety because the way we lessen anxiety is we starve what it's looking for. Yeah. And what it's looking for is certainty and comfort, yeah. which if you think about the last X amount of months is exactly what we oh, have. Oh, totally. Absolutely. So that's why the anxiety is kicking up. So from that place of like expecting and understanding, we can still begin to rewire by consciously deciding how we will think. So that might look like, as an example, that might look like a thought like, even though I feel anxious about going out of the house, even with a mask on, even though I feel anxious, I expect that I will feel anxious. I understand why my brain feels anxious and I'm going to go out of the house anyway. I'm going to take those steps anyway. And yeah. that's how we begin to rewire how we think, feel, and respond to the stimuluses in the world right now. Yeah. I love that. I mean, it's just literally like a step-by-step process that, yeah. you know, and it's one of those things I think that honestly, I think a lot of people don't even think for a minute that they actually have a choice and that there is something they can do about it, you know? Oh yeah. I, and, and that just heightens the negative emotion, whatever yeah. it is. If you worry and you feel like you're a worrier, like if you, yeah. if you take that on and it feels like an identity, then you don't even try not to worry any longer. Yeah. Um, you just run on a belief system that says, this is what I do. This is who I am. Of course, I'm going to worry, which produces all kinds of, you know, chemical reactions in your body and, and does all kinds of things to your health. Oh, by the way. And, and so again, it, it's really the same formula. It's just creating this massive awareness. That's where we begin, where it's like, what's going on for me? What's the emotion I'm feeling? And when possible, what's the thought that I'm thinking? Yeah. Sometimes worry, something like worry, you know, there are times that worrying is helpful. 
And we don't yeah. want to live in a world where we don't worry. I mean, totally. You know, yeah. If you go into the worrying is normal. It's just a part of life. Yeah. yeah. And there's times it's really helpful. Oh, I'm not sure if I lock the door. Well, maybe yeah. we should go back to the house and see if we did. So that yeah. could be guilty. Helpful. I've done that plenty of times. Yeah. <laughs> but if you just want to live in a world where we don't worry, then, you know, then that p- could put us in potential situations where we don't take safety measures that we should. So yeah. it's, it's getting the distinction between is this worry serving me or am I worried what people are going to think about me on this zoom call, right? Like if you're yeah. working from home on zoom or something and you're like, I don't know if people are going to like me or I don't know if my ideas are good or whatever might be going on. Those are the type of thoughts we want to question. Yeah. Those are the type of thoughts that I'm always teaching my clients exactly how to question them. And there's a way to do it. And to really look at, is that true? Is, is that really true? And even if you can't understand that a thought isn't true, you can certainly understand whether it's serving you or not, whether you feel valuable for you to think or not. And I think, and Allison, you and I have talked about this so many times, that's so freeing because I have clients that tell me that something is true and they're not willing to accept it might just be their uh, interpretation of something. They're like, nope, this is just factual. Yeah. And then I say to them, but okay, so I'll let you believe that's factual. I'll give you that. But here's the thing. Who said you have to think factual things? Yeah. And that's so freeing. The They're like, you oh, have. yeah, yeah. You don't have to think something because it's factual. We're, we're basically storytellers. We tell stories all day long. We get up all day, every day, yeah. and we report the news through the filter of our own minds. We look yeah. at the news. We talk to the people we live with. We go to work online and we interpret. That's what we do. And there's a story about what we think about everything. And it's everybody does this. It doesn't mean we're making up fairy tales, but everything that's in the world, other people, all events, everything goes through the filter of our own minds. And that means all of my wiring is interpreting differently than all of your wiring. So if we know that we get up every day and we write narratives, if we know that, why would we not want to do it in a way that would serve us? Why would yeah. we be hell bent on telling factual narratives when actually we could tell a better feeling narrative and change the actual way our brain wires and fires? It yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Well, you know, and that that brings me to my next question because I mean, and we've we've talked about this a lot too. Is I love how you explain how feelings and thoughts are connected. You know exactly what feelings are in our bodies. And why that, that really is where our thoughts come from. Yeah. So I, and I think sometimes, most of the time people present as, as thinkers or feelers mm-hmm. and, and either is perfectly normal, but sometimes people say, well, I have a lot of identification with my feelings. I know when I'm happy. I know when I'm anxious. I know when yeah. I'm excited. And I also have clients that say, I kind of know if I'm angry or I'm happy and I'm not really aware of all the other nuances. And likewise, there are people that tell me, I don't know what I think. I really just feel like I just feel things. I don't know what I think. And then there are other people that are able to, you know, write you a laundry list on a piece of paper. They can tell you all the thoughts in their head. So it's important that we learn to identify both things within ourselves. And so I like to say our thoughts are just the filters. They're just the sentences we create about the uh-huh, things I love that. in our world. Sentences in our head, like you always tell us. Yeah, yeah. They're just sentences in our head. We look out at the world. We see the events of the world. 
we look at other people in the world and we look at our past and all of those things we make decisions about called thoughts and which of course are just filters because they're really interpretations they're really meanings yeah. that we make so if you think about your past you have all kinds of stories about what things meant those are thoughts if you think about other people people you work with people you live with you have all kinds of thoughts about other people you know what they do and what they say you have all kinds of opinions and ideas and all of those would fall into the category of thoughts but they're not factual even though people feel they're factual they're just interpretations and that's yeah. fine it's true for all of us so then we have all these thoughts about these things in the world and we have between 60 and 80,000 thoughts a day so we have no, a lot of blows my mind yeah we have a lot of thoughts and most of them we don't have an awareness around we don't think about our thoughts they literally sometimes i like to say they kind of think us we don't yeah. feel like we're thinking them yeah totally and and so we just you know again this is groundhog's day we just keep thinking the same things that we thought yesterday mm -hmm. and we still we keep thinking of the same things about people and events and so we keep feeling the same things because feelings which i define as a vibration in your body yeah a, a feeling is really something you feel in your body and so our feelings don't come from the things outside in the world they don't actually come from events they don't come from other people they don't even come from our past once our past is over yeah they come from our thoughts about those things mm -hmm. so let's just stick with the past for a second because that one people argue with me a lot People will say, no, my past, you know, this thing happened to me 10 years ago and it's still causing me a lot of pain. And unless it's a physical ailment that literally is physically still firing discomfort right. in the body. Like an injury or something. Absolutely. But yeah. if it's something that's happened in the past, a breakup, um, a job loss, something like that, my message is always that's gone. It's over. The only pain that can be caused now is from what you're thinking presently about your past. So yeah. your present thoughts about your past are what's creating your present feeling about your past. And when you realize that, and this is kind of the centerpiece of everything I teach, when you realize that you've taken back all of your power, all of your choice, because those 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day are optional we get to choose what we think now if we're running around on default we're not going to do that but if we create metacognition which just means learning how to think about our thinking and we create awareness and we have good mindset tools and strategies to use then we can realize and begin to implement new thoughts that will literally create new feelings now the way that happens is you think a thought and a chemical we call them neural peptides a neuropeptide is literally released in your brain when you think a specific thought, and then it's going to a receptor that receives it. And then we experience an emotion in our body. And that thought feeling loop, that pattern is a neural pathway. Yeah. And the more you think and feel something, the more you favor a neural pathway, the more you create that chain effect, that feeling. So that's why in your life you can feel like I'm always angry. I'm just always angry because you begin to favor angry thoughts that you've thought a lot of that cr like create this chemical and then you actually begin to crave the chemical a little bit. Yeah. So 
it, it's it's a, a little bit like a substance that somebody could crave. Yeah, right? I was just going to say it's a little bit like an addiction, you know, absolutely, or addicted absolutely. to coffee or chocolate or whatever. Yeah. Well, and don't and don't you feel like we all know somebody that's like addicted to being angry? It's totally. like you just yeah. know. Right. You're like every time they come to Thanksgiving, they'll get in a fight with someone like it never fails. Right. And they're just never happy about anything. They're always. Right. Yeah. Right. And then there are other people that you would say the opposite of. You're like, I don't know. Like this person just always seems to be pretty chill, pretty calm. Like what's up with that? It's like kind of awesome. These are neural pathways. These are thought feeling loops, patterns of thinking and feeling that people have practiced so much that the brain favors them. Why? Because the brain wants to be energy efficient and will favor what you've thought a lot of. Yeah, because it's easy, you know? Because it's easy. And because it's not expending that energy that the brain thinks is so dangerous. And so, which, and that's why people are like, why would I favor thinking something terrible that makes me feel awful? And it's like, well, it's counterintuitive, but here's why. Because your brain is more concerned with you conserving energy than you being happy. Yeah, That's why. So totally. if you thought it a lot, your brain's like, let's keep thinking that even though it's keeping you broke. Well, it's like the example that I use a lot in teaching fitness is I like to use the example of a gas economy car versus a luxury car. You know, if you drive a gas economy car like a hybrid, for example, or like a Prius, you know, for a while, the, everybody wanted a Prius because it was, well, you save so much money on gas. Yeah. And the same thing is true in our bodies to follow what you're saying is that, you know, we get good at what we do often. And so our body recognizes that as something really simple to do. The same thing happens when you work out, you know, and when you get really fit, your body becomes economical like a gas economy car. Wow. I love that. That's really no. powerful. Yeah. But it's, it's, it, but it follows the same train of thought as what you're saying. You know, literally it's, it's, you know, we get our body, it just gets really easy for our body to do what A, uses the least amount of energy and B, what we remember to be true. Right. 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 And the, and I guess, I mean, we could take it a step further and say the body and the mind are always seeking that homeostasis, yeah, but that's totally. not where growth and change come from. Yeah, they want everything to be just normal. You know, everything yeah. to be that is a, the job, a number one job of the entire body all the time is to maintain that sense of normal, you know? That that's really fascinating. I've never heard it put that way. That makes so much sense to me and absolutely is in alignment with everything I'm saying about the brain. So it makes sense. Yeah. Um that the brain would work, you know, in tandem with the body to kind of seek that whatever's yep. normal, continue with more of it, even if it's not making you happy. Even well, if and that's not, why I think yeah. often when we're, when we're reminded that we have choices as good as it yes. sounds yes. To us initially, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll immediately in our minds go to why that won't work. Well, I don't, yes. think my family will approve. Well, I don't think I can do that because I don't think I can pay for it. Well, it's just not a good time or whatever, you know, whatever it is, it's like yeah. immediately go to why it won't work. Yeah. And, and, and there's another piece of that that's so fascinating. And, and that is this concept that I teach my clients that we have a belief ceiling for ourselves. Uh-huh. We have a, a set of thoughts. And so thoughts that we think over and over and over and over become actually beliefs, which are just thought patterns. And so we all have these belief ceilings. They're clearly invisible, but they're very real for us. Yeah. And they, tell us how far we can go in terms of getting fit, how much money we can make, how happy our relationships can be. 
it's it's like we bundle all our thoughts about what we're capable of and what's possible for us and it becomes fixed and if we don't know this if we don't understand this if we don't know what to do about it then it just becomes a way of life you know you always make that amount of money you always have these problems in your relationship you always have those 10 pounds you just can't get past it and when you get close to getting near maybe breaking through because of exactly the principle you just said we'll actually self sabotage ourselves yeah. yeah we'll actually come up with brain thoughts so that we bring ourselves down to what's familiar and comfortable and safe which is not exceeding our belief ceiling yeah and and we can work on strengthening our beliefs just like we can work on changing our thoughts 100% 100% and and that's exactly what we have to do to change and you know this better than anyone when it comes to fitness when people want to really change their lifestyle their their body you know be take their body to new levels and be able to do something they haven't been able to do before or or lose weight or or something that's going to be a dramatic change there has to be a shift in mindset or they won't be able to sustain it even if they can achieve it even if yeah. they can go and do this thing they want to do yeah. like let's say lose 30 pounds they without a change in thought and belief they will regain the weight they will yeah. come back down to that belief ceiling i see it all the time and and i speak about this often and why in january everyone in the world wants to start on a workout program you know when yeah. I, when back before i worked for myself and i worked for a chain of health clubs we called january the christmas season in our business <laughs> all everyone was always at the gym and so what we saw is is you know, everybody's signing up. It's the new year. Everybody makes resolutions. And then by literally by the end of January, beginning of February, people are quitting because they're realizing yeah. that this is going to take work. And oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do it. I have to switch my work schedule around. And what about yeah. the family? And what about this other? I just, this just isn't the right time. And then they've talked themselves out of it before they yeah. can actually give themselves a chance. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the statistics on those New Year's resolutions, it's something like 92% of people have pretty much hit on themselves by the end of January. Yeah. I mean, that that tells you something about yeah. not being set up. They yeah. they just don't have the mindset to support that kind of a change because again, you know, if if you're walking into a gym January, you know, 1 or 2 with this big goal and you know, all of a sudden you've got muscle soreness and you are a little tired because you're getting up in the morning. Well, now we've got some pain showing up yeah. and it's, it's not that much fun initially. Yeah. You don't see any results initially. So I'm looking in the mirror. I've been going to the gym for a week. I don't know. Nothing's changing. I feel a lot of pain in my body and I'm getting really tired. Those three things alone are going to set that lower brain off. The alarm system is screaming danger. Oh yeah, we absolutely. We don't experience it that way. I mean, it doesn't yeah. sound like a fire alarm, but it's going off. And what we do to self-sabotage is everything you just said. Yeah. You know, well, I just need a few days off or I'm going to wait till I get better sneakers. I, I think this is putting too much strain on my work time. You know, whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever we, story you want to tell yourself. Absolutely. Because we, yeah. And it's like, and, and in social media is like just created more of a monster with this because yeah. scroll yeah. through social media and you see all these happy people with what looks like a, a perfect life. And then you start thinking, well, why can't I have that? What's wrong with me? I guess I just don't deserve it or whatever. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and then again, we, what do we do? We run back in the cave. 
And that's why we can't change. That's why we can't change physically. And we can't change our emotional relationships with other people. We can't change the money we make. We can't change anything until we change the way we think about that, which we want to create or um, change or produce in our lives. And that's why it's mindset. I always say mindset's everybody's first job every day. Mindset should be job number one is to clean up your mind and create awareness. And, and then I think, you know, it goes beyond that. I think you need all the tools, but just understanding that when it feels like you want to quit on yourself, when it feels like I have this thing that I want in my life, this thing that I've desired for so long, and I'm coming to this conclusion that it's not possible or there's something wrong with me. When, when I hear that, I mean, it breaks my heart, but it's people just not understanding all you have to do is do the mindset work first, create possibility, yep. create a new thought filter for yourself, write a new narrative. When you learn how to do that, you literally open the doors of possibility yep. for what you can do physically and emotionally and all areas of your life. Well, and, and you just, you have to be willing to dig in and see what's there, even if you think it's going to upset you. Yeah. And that's, I think that's where so many people go down a rabbit hole. They think, well, I don't want to go there. That's in the past. And if I dig all that up, it's just, they don't, it's like, it's like you always tell us, you know, people, people don't want to feel a certain way. So they don't want to go there. Right. Right. But my message, and I think you're spot on, but my message is that, well, it's twofold. Let me say two things about that. Sometimes people don't want to go there because they have this belief that so many people picked up about 10 years ago now um, that if they they allow a negative feeling or a negative thought that they're going to suddenly attract a bunch of negative things into their lives. Yeah, I yeah. hear that from people in addition to what you just said, where people just they just don't want to feel uncomfortable. And my message is always the same, that buried thoughts and feelings are not buried in terms of what you're attracting into your life. They're running the show, whether you're allowing yourself to be consciously aware of them, whether you, you know, pay attention to them or not, if they're there and if they're left unattended and they're buried from something in your past and you're not doing the work and you're not thinking about your thoughts and you're not feeling your feelings, they're still there. They're still running the show. Whether you want to think about that in terms of attraction language or you just want to think about it in terms of brain physiology, neuroscience, that wiring is there and it's still serving up the results in your life. And so while it might be uncomfortable in the short term to take a look at what your mind's really doing and why you're feeling what you're feeling, it's the only way to the other side. There is no other way. There is no substance. There is no um, lobotomy. There is no, there's there's nothing. Magic pill. (laughs) There's nothing. There's no magic pill. It's just learning how to manage your mind and process your emotions. That's freedom. And on the other side of that freedom is everything you want. When you can say to yourself, I, I'm not afraid to think anything. I'm aware I can think anything. I'm aware that whatever I think, I always have another thought option. And I'm not afraid of any feeling because I know what to do with all of them. I certainly know what to do with happy and excited and enthusiastic. I also know what to do with shame and regret and rage. I yeah. know what to do. And if you can think anything, and you can feel anything, 
That's the ultimate freedom because the only reason we don't do things in our life is to avoid feeling something. So if you can feel anything, the sky's the limit for what you can do in your life. Literally, the sky's the limit. Completely. I completely could not have said it better. Um, So let's say someone out there is listening to this um, and they're thinking, I just, I love all this. I finally feel like maybe I have a chance to change my life but I'm not really sure where to begin. What would you tell that person? Yeah, well, I hope everybody's saying that and I hope everybody's ready for something really simple because this is where I start everybody. So if somebody is my client on day one in one of my programs or private client, I always start them in the same place and that's an awareness exercise. We can't change what we're not aware of. So our greatest tool in mindset mastery work is awareness and the more aware we are, the faster we can change. So I like to teach my clients a really simple um, technique. You can do it every single morning. You should do it every single morning. And it doesn't need to take more than maybe three minutes of your day. And it's really simple. You just take out a piece of paper, a lined piece of paper. And I do encourage people to do it on paper, not on your phone or a tablet or something, because part of um the awareness is slowing the mind down and we write more slowly than anything we do, you know, on on our phone or on a laptop. So piece of paper and a pen, you can set your timer for three minutes and you just sit and you ask yourself, what are all the thoughts I'm having right now? It's just simple. What's in my head? And you just start writing. And you see what comes out. And sometimes there'll be, you know, just silly thoughts about um, the weather or some dry cleaning you need to pick up or um, something you just saw on TV. Yeah, work sucks, whatever, you know. Right, but it'll be sprinkled in with all kinds of different thoughts. Sometimes people are like, all my thoughts are negative. I'm like, okay, good to realize that. Good to take a look at that. Sometimes people are like, oh, most of my thoughts seem to be pretty positive today. Okay. Sometimes people say, I noticed that I think the same things every day. Well, that's pretty important to know because that's what's running your life is that you think the same thoughts every day. Yeah. But it's just an exercise in creating awareness. It's not for the purpose of being upset about what we're thinking or thinking those are crazy thoughts. Where did that come from? Why do I think that other people have better thoughts than I do? It's not doing that. It's just creating this space where we think about our thinking, where we open our minds to the fact that there are a lot of thoughts we're not paying attention to. Mm-hmm. And so we're just taking three minutes out of a 24 hour day and saying, let's take a look at what's going on unsupervised in that brain of mine. And, and that's really step one. Now we build on that a lot in mindset mastery, but that's still kind of the most important tool because what it does is allow us to, first of all, see what's going on, have the awareness. And then I always like to tell people when you're closing that activity out, you can remind yourself all of those thoughts are optional. There are no mandatory thoughts, none. There are no mandatory thoughts. And so as you do this every day, it becomes an exercise, a lot like brushing your teeth, where you would get to the place where you would never think of taking a few days off from brushing your teeth. And you, you'll want to continue doing a thought download, taking a look at what's going on inside my brain when I start the day. And I like doing it at the beginning of the day, Allison, because it's kind of like we're setting the table for the whole day. So if you uh-huh. get up and you're just, you know, you hit the alarm off and you're just, you hit the ground running into your life, which is what most people do. You have all these thoughts that you're thinking, you're just not aware of them and they're running the show. 
So we yeah. want to take three minutes to say, maybe I should pay attention to what I'm thinking because it's creating all of my feelings, all of my actions, and all of the results in my life. It seems like an important thing to create awareness around every single day. No, I love that. I just, I think, I think everybody needs to be doing that. I mean, my goodness, where would we be if everybody was, right? Totally. And it's so easy. And, and just, I have a lot of people that tell me just that alone helps them to feel some relief in their life immediately. Yeah. Terrific. So where can people find you, Liz? Well, I have a free Facebook community called the Mindset Mastery School for Women in Business. And I would love to invite people to come on over and join that. Um, It will ask you when you join if you would like to share your email address. And that is just for getting on my newsletter list. I send a weekly email to my people. I do not solicit. I do not sell my lists. But I do send a weekly email so that I'm giving them mindset tips and tools every single week. I post in my page every single day. And I also do live Facebook trainings every single week. So there's just a ton of free information there. There are amazing people. There are all my clients hang out there. Um, my, my current clients, my past clients, um, they chime in, they have lots of thoughts and tips and tools too. And then, um, for people that want to go further and are interested in my programs or working with me, all that information is always available there. But first and foremost, it is a free community where my goal is to just give everybody as much value as I can and as many tools as I can and all of us lock arms and and be in this together to think about our thinking. Awesome. I love that. Well, I will make sure that all of that is in the show notes here. So so for any of you listening out there, please head over and and join Liz's Facebook page. You do not have to be a business owner to be there. Um, no, you know, no. us that are, I mean, I'm in, I'm in, I'm on your page and a lot of us are business owners, but a lot, a lot of the ladies, the men and women that are there are not. So, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, so it's all good. So, so thank you so much for making time today to talk to me. I just feel like everybody needs to hear what you have to say. Well, thank you for, you know, I always love talking to you and thank you for having me here. I just, I love sharing this. I think it's the best news in the world that we can control our thinking And I just love, you know, I just love getting the message out in the world. And I'm so excited. I hope lots of your people come over and consume all the free content. That would be amazing. I do too. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that when we went, I'm going to make sure that, you know, that, that everybody knows that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you today, Liz. I so appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Allison. No problem. My pleasure. And if any of you out there are listening and feeling really inspired by our conversation, please do not hesitate to go over and join Liz's free Facebook community, uh, the Mindset Mastery School for Women in Business. You do not have to be a business owner to join. Um, And for those of you out there that are still not a member of my Facebook community, please head over and join me there. Living your ultimate life through fitness and self-care. We talk about all things fitness, self-care, travel, leisure, mindset work, of course. Um, and just all giving you all kinds of tips and tricks to uh, stay on top of how you do you. Um, and if you're not on Facebook, please head over to my website at cufitness.com and click contact us and send me an email. Uh, please let me know how you're doing, what speaks to you, what doesn't speak to you, um, what works, what doesn't work. I always enjoy hearing from you. Uh, lots of you always email me and say, I really like this particular episode or I really liked it when you had that particular guest and I always want to make sure that my door is open. So um, this is Allison Katzkowski with the ultimate journey of self-care. I am so incredibly grateful for all of your support. 
Uh, we are worldwide with thousands of listeners and thousands of downloads, and I could not do it without you. We are celebrating our one-year anniversary on the air, and uh, we are there's plenty more coming. So stay tuned. We're going to have some options for you to be able to become a supporter at any of that three different levels, and I will have some information to share with you on that coming up very soon. So thank you again for all of your support. I'm so incredibly grateful. This is Allison Katzkowski with the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. You're one step closer to living your ultimate life, so make it a good one.